The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power. I love the power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide Podcast. Coming to you live on Port Fan Radio, I'm your host Macca19 and joining us this evening is the Rick Star. Yeah baby, how's it going? Oh wonderful mate, what a time to be a Port Adelaide supporter, I have to say. Yeah. Does not get better than this. Friggin great isn't it? It's brilliant, it is brilliant, it literally is. I've decided after the show for a bit of fun, I might just go to the shed and get the pliers and rip my fingernails out just for a bit of extra extra enjoyment in this week. If you can film that, make sure it goes for two and a half hours and we can watch that uh, instead of the game this week. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Or maybe we could put some pins and prick them in our eyeballs. That sounds like some fun too. Yes. Yes, it does. How was how was Soto's on the weekend? Did you do a live dodgy stream from from the fish and chip <laughs> shop so the the masses could come in and watch the game and bleed with you? Oh, look, I, look, it's um, it's usually pretty quiet when it's wet, and it's usually pretty quiet when uh, when the footy's on. So combine those two, and it was uh, pretty quiet <laughs> at times too. Um, so we were just standing there having a bit of fun really so that was great Um, speaking of that Porsche's asked uh, what's the best thing I've deep fried Um, I think I've said before probably coconut rough that's uh, the uh, the mix of the coconut with the uh, with the chocolate and the the batter is bloody delicious and the good thing about deep frying chocolate is it really brings out you don't really notice the batter but it really intensifies the cocoa flavour and it's uh, it's quite delicious so you're talking about the old golden roughs? Yeah, yeah. Except, um, you know, smaller and sort of more like a a little stone sort of thing, as opposed to the flat golden rough. Right. I've never I've never seen these things. Haven't you? You've never. We'll go to um, go to like Charlesworth Nuts or something. I'm pretty sure they've got them. I can't. I've what? I've, uh, I've given up sugar as well, Macca. The way it's going, I might as well. Give up living soon. Mm, that's it. No meat, no sugar. What? What else? No Port Adelaide winning. No Port Adelaide. I don't know. No. What no, else? Why is are you even to... alive? That's uh, that's the question I've I could no ask tonight. Friggin' idea. What else is there? Crikey! What else is there? Here's another question from the forum. Uh, Bevan has asked which of potato cakes or fish sticks sell more. I would say potato cakes by probably five times. I would say a potato cake. Fritters, a pineapple fritter is still popular. Yeah, yeah, we sell heaps. Really? We sell heaps every day. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Bit of cinnamon sugar on them. Uh, very delicious treat that one. But yeah, definitely the uh, the potato fritters, potato cakes, potato scallops, whatever you want to call them, they are a massive seller. People mm. crave them, and they are delicious. I got to say, I'm a big fan of the old uh, crab sticks, but um, yeah, you can't beat potato cakes, mate. I was just. I was about to say, you can't call them fish sticks because aren't they, uh, you know, redefined and processed crab meat? No, no, they are <coughs> actually meat. made from fish. Are they so they really should be called fish sticks and not crab sticks. You're talking made about from a product one. called Surimi, which is a uh, which is like a, a ground up white fish sort of thing. Um, it's that yellow and red thing, isn't it? That meat, uh, the seafood extender. Yeah, it's not yellow. It's uh, white and sorry, it's, white, it's, ma- it's white. made to look like crab meat, but it's not crab. 
Right. Chico Rolls mm. are very All popular. The good stuff. Thanks, Porsche. Yeah, Chico Rolls, the old uh, corn jacks. They go well. I love, I love the corn jack. Corn jacks are great. I'd never had one before um, starting there, but uh, they are quite delicious, I've got to say. Definitely much better than the Chico Roll. The Chico Rolls are still a vegetarian delight, though, too, isn't it? It's not vegetarian, no. It's got meat in it. It does have meat in it? Yeah. There wouldn't be much meat in it, though, surely. Uh, yeah, not sure how much, but um, it does have meat. Um, have Dylan you, has asked, have you can tried? we squeeze an hour out of this uh, this podcast? Yes, we can, and we will, because <laughs> this is basically just going to be questions tonight. This yeah. is the question podcast, because who wants to talk about that game? No one. Well, no one well, does. Let's, let's face it, there isn't really that much to talk about. And no, if you want to talk it, about that game, just listen to the podcast we did after the Essendon debacle. Change Every time we say Essendon, change it to Adelaide. Every time we say Kale Hooker or Joe Danaher, change it to Taylor Walker and Eddie Betts. And it's basically the same mm. podcast. <laughs> yeah. You and Porsche did that podcast. Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, I was, I was still jet-lagged. Yes. All right, oh, let's, have... uh, let's do the, uh, the football thing for uh, two and a half minutes and get that over the way. Um, we yes, we'll, we'll get the, uh, the usual things out of the way. The, the love and the hate. Um, do you have a love? Is there anything to love this week? I do. I have a love. I love the fact that we got obliterated because <laughs> I'm hoping that it actually opens the eyes of the bureaucrats of the Port Adelaide Football Club that are a little bit, I feel, that are a little bit delusional to it all. Um, and uh, they actually think that we're travelling better than what we actually are. And so I'm hoping such a, a debacle uh, is actually not able to be covered up. I mean, we sort of got away with it with St Kilda. Melbourne, you could even argue, we sort of saved face by only losing by four goals when it was really a, a, a dreadful performance in itself. So, um, yeah, that's my love, that this loss will actually generate um, something productive out of the football club mm. to happen. And I can't believe that Ken Hinckley in his press conference uh, said, um, you know, hopefully this is like the wake-up calls the boys need to have because I don't know about you. How many you, wake Matt, up which, calls can you have? Like, that's what I was going to say. How short? How many wake up calls are needed? Mm. They're delusional, surely. Yeah, it's um, the other thing that he said, which um, which Ryan Pillar has brought in uh, on the speak chat is, is he said uh, Ken says we can't make wholesale changes this week. Um, I guess on face value, he's probably right because we are still going for finals. And if you make the finals, you never know what's going to happen, yada, yada. But, I mean, honestly, come on. You've got to make four or five changes. Like, how how many times can you keep playing the same players and the same thing happens before you say enough's enough and you've got to make a change? Because really, on face value, that performance should cost Ken his job. Yes. But not just Ken. What about uh, Sean Hart hiding in the backgrounds? What's this? What's this guy even doing? I don't know. Reading Bible verses while we while they try and coach. I don't know what he's doing. But, well, um, no, but what is he? What is, what's his role? Isn't he coaching director? Something. Oh, I I really don't know. I'm not sure anymore. I don't know what role he has. But um, well, yes, you but can surely... add him. Your cut. 
<laughs> but Your cut too. The fact of the matter is that Darren Burgess was the highest paid fitness coach, right? Yeah. He's gone. So why can't we clip Sean Hart and Darren Burgess? That's almost a million a year in football department. Mm. And either allocate that to find, you know, Andrew Russell or another Andrew Russell-esque type fitness coach or use that to... Russell Andrews even, yeah. Mm. Or use that to put towards a bigger name coach if there's one potentially available. I heard Robert Walls is looking for a job. Oh, great. That'd be great. Sean Hart is our academy director. There you go. Okay, do we need one? Well... I guess so. Is he the most, is he the most expensive uh, academy, academy director that's ever director. lived? Yes, yes, probably, yes. Um, <laughs> I don't have I a love this week. Just moving on, I don't Why have not? a love this week. Well, my love is the Tanqueray number 10 that I'm drinking at the moment. That's quite nice. Um, quite delicious with some cabbage dry tonic and a little bit of lemon peel. Yeah, very nice. Mm. So that's quite nice. Um, what's your hate? Well, my hate is... Um, again, the coaches, like Brendan Lade was on 5AA, and uh, I can't paraphrase him, so, well, I'll paraphrase him instead of directly quoting him. Uh, he came out and basically, you know, said it wasn't acceptable, but also then sort of made reference that we've, we've put in some good performances, um, albeit he's, um, he's forgotten to recognise that those performances were against very ordinary opposition, and then also cited the fact that, you know, we had some, you know, some where we pushed some of the better teams earlier in the season. Well, we didn't push the Crows this game. And the fact of the matter is um, that's part of the issues that we have as a footy club is if our coaches are going to hang their hats on honourable losses to good teams. Um, that is not yeah, Port ridiculous. Adelaide. That's no. not Port Adelaide to me. No. And, if it's either a win or it isn't, and there's no such thing as an honourable loss or or being able to push um, against um, against some decent sides, uh, you know, a loss is just a loss, and it's not good enough. And I can't yep. believe that you know the hierarchy are approving that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's um like there's there's trying to remain positive, and then there's spin, and then there's just pure bullshit, and that's just bullshit. Like. Honestly, we haven't beaten a decent team in two years. No, there there yep. comes a time when enough is enough. You you cop it on the chin and you say, yes, there is a huge problem with this football club right now. And uh, changes need to happen. Simple as that. Mm. And uh, no amount of rubbish, no amount of spin is going to hide from the fact that we can't beat anybody decent. And that when the pressure goes on, we crumble. Do you know what we should do as a fan base? All of us supporters should should um, send the administration and the board finger spinners. Finger spinners. We should all mm. we should all post in a finger spinner and tell them we don't want any more spin. Go spin yourselves. That's a that's a great idea. You get the ball rolling yep. on that one. All right, you're going to follow you, me. You get that idea spinning, and uh, the rest will follow, mate. All right. See what I did there. Yeah, I did. That's great. I don't think I'm gonna. I'm gonna. It's gonna be one of those situations where I turn around and I'll be by myself, and Mac is still in the fish and chip shop, right? <laughs> Quite possibly. Yes. <laughs> Quite possibly. Look, my hate this week is um, 
Uh, Robbie Gray, Boak, Ebert, Polek, Wines, Hartlett, Sammy Gray, Palpepper, Ryder, Amon. Um, you can throw Westoff in as well. On paper, that is a very that should be a very good midfield group. But um, you know, in reality, these players let us down time and time and time again when it matters. And enough's enough. Like it might be harsh on some of those guys, especially Robbie, because Robbie's a wonderful footballer, and he was the just about the only player out there who really did his job yesterday. And uh, maybe to a lesser extent, um, a couple of other players as well. But for such a, a big-name midfield, we get thrashed in the midfield far too often. Like, we get spanked mm. in contested possession every time we come up against a decent team. You know, our midfield's one pace that lacks creativity, lacks skill. And um, most of all, it lacks hardness at the ball and it lacks heart. And I don't think anybody can deny that it lacks hardness and it lacks heart. Like, this is why I've been... So keen to see us fast-track Atley while I was really bullish on getting Snelling into the side, while I want to see Drew get up to speed as quick as possible. We need a paradigm shift in that midfield as quick as possible. And you know, People have said we don't need Rockliffe. Well, I say bullshit. When the pressure's on, we can't win clearances. We can't win the hard bowl. I think he's the, exactly the type of player that we need to come in and hopefully make a bit of a difference. And you know, The big questions I've got is why can't this midfield, with all those big names, deliver when it matters? Like, is it coaching? Have we just completely overrated their talent level? Is it structure? Is it passion? Is it heart? What is it? I, personally, I think it, a lot of it's coaching. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I just think, uh, if you think, of, and I've said this for the last three years as well, um, you know, Ken Hinckley was a very good coach in 2013 and 14 when he was surrounded um by some very, very strong senior assistant coaches and Richardson and Walsh, or Walsh and Richardson. And um, and then obviously it's sort of those same, most of those midfielders are still there when they were very, very solid. Mm. And now those same midfielders are very, very average. And yeah. if you put two and two together, you can only cross-reference that to, um, the coaching has changed. Right, and since the coaching has changed, we our midfield's been pants. Yeah. Right, so you can only put it down. Oh well, I mean, obviously the players still have to be accountable too, but you have to put a lot of it down. If the same players were great under those coaches, and now they're poo under this these coaches, there's something going wrong with the coaching. Yeah, well, I agree. Like, it, it must be coaching. It, it, it it's coaching. It's motivation. It's having pride in your performance. It's delivering on your talent. Um, it's the vibe. Yeah, it's all that sort of stuff. I mm. just, uh, it's just so frustrating because the, those names on paper should be delivering a lot more than what they do. And I can't believe, like, the stats were disastrous on the weekend. Like, 20 less clearances, you know, 45 less contested possessions, 50 less inside 50s. 50 less. That's... Ludicrous. That is absolutely ludicrous. And it all stems from the midfield, their lack of effort. Um, you know, I'm going to rip into a couple of... Or I feel like ripping into a couple of players, but like people say that Ollie Wines is our next captain. Well, how about he actually stand up and prove it in a big game that he wants to you know, be a leader of this footy club sometime in the future because he's shown nothing this year outside of you know, dominating in games that don't matter. When the heat's been turned on, 
he absolutely crumbles just as much as anyone else does. Yep. Can't argue with you there. And, and I, again, I, I love Oli. I reckon he's a great player. Potentially a great player. And look, his stats on the weekend were okay. 23 touches, 8 clearances. He probably did more than many others out there. But, you know, what what did he do with those 23 touches? What did he do with those 8 clearances? It's good to have a big padded stat sheet. But at some point, you've got to deliver. He didn't deliver against Melbourne two weeks ago when he was in just about the worst on ground. And he didn't deliver this week as well. It's I just shame. think our, stru- our structures are really off, though. I don't, I don't think they're positioning to get the ball. And, you know, and Ryder needs to take a look at himself. He, uh, he got pantsed by Sam Jacobs. And he, uh, he, they were, everyone was soft. Everyone seemed to avoid body contact. You know, Hartlett was avoiding body contact, wasn't reading the ball. Pomsch, uh, Paddy Ryder, you know, Aaron Young seemed to be afraid Ryder to go near a player. Incredibly disappointing. Like, you know, we've been talking him up as all Australian. The media's been talking him up as all Australian. That's not the first time he's been absolutely hammered by Jacobs. It's the second time this year he's been embarrassed by Jacobs. Um, that first effort of the game where Jacobs just nudged him and took an easy mark. I mean, that just summed up the entire day. <laughs> and you just knew from that moment on, this was not going to be a good day at the office. And, and it certainly wasn't. Um, and uh, didn't the Crows boys let Paddy Ryder know about it? Can we blame the umpires? No. Can we, can we use the umpires as an excuse this time? No. No? No. No. Not this time. Let's Could get on be... to questions because this is the okay. question podcast. I do have another one before we start on the uh, Big Footy questions. And um, it's something that I put on Big Footy this morning as well. And it's what motivates our players. Because you would think playing in big games um, should be pretty well up there, shouldn't it? Like, you don't get much bigger for Port Adelaide and the Crows in the minor round than playing in a showdown. Yet time and time again, we get absolutely embarrassed and thrashed by our our tribal. And uh, the stats will show in the last 12 years, we've beaten them by 54 points in the first Adelaide Oval game. We've beaten them by 32 points in 2011 in a game that we were six goals down in about 25 minutes in as well. And then there's a host of games where we had to fight tooth and nail just to get the result. And some of them were famous victories like the wing guard kick and all that sort of stuff. But the point is that we... To get a win over the Crows, we got to work our butts off. In that same time frame, they've beaten us by 84, 83, 70, 68, 58, 58, 50, and 32 points. Like, what the hell is wrong with this club? That the staff and its players can't motivate themselves to come up against their arch rival and not completely embarrass themselves and embarrass the supporters, embarrass their friends, their families, everything. It's disgusting that this club has such little respect for itself that just about every year, and it is just about every year, we get hammered by the Crows. It's not acceptable. It's never been acceptable. But look, by, by my figuring, any self-respect this club had went out the door the day we lost the grand final by 119 points. Simple as that. Correct. Correct. You needed an overhaul straight after that. But uh, most of those players are gone now, so you can't. we can't really... Uh, use that as an excuse for the uh, current crop of players, but we have definitely lost our ruthlessness. And, we uh, have, and that, that was the start. That was the, uh, the pilot light that, uh, that lit what has happened since then. 
And what's happened since that would, day has been shit house. I'd rather our players be overly in the rules aggressive and get rubbed out every now and again than be meek and polite and the good guys, which doesn't seem to go anywhere for us as a club because um, the good guys are just getting pushed around and, and they're accepting it. It seems to be tolerable. And I, I don't see Ken actually getting them fired up and I don't know if he hasn't been able to do it now. I don't think he can. And there's no coincidence. You know, we keep going back. Pardon me. We keep going back to the the Cubs the clubs of the modern era, it's like the Geelongs, the Hawthorns, and the Sydneys. They've all had an element of physicality to them, and uh, especially Hawthorne and um, you know and Geelong. And our boys don't seem to have that endeavour. And AFL football is, or football in general, is a physical game. Um, yeah, Are they too comfortable depressing. and did we create that comfortability, if that's even a word? I'm not sure it is, but mm. it is now. I like it. Uh, did we create it? Well, we probably did with all the back slapping and laying out five-year contracts and telling everyone how great they are. Um, you know, I guess these are like five Formula One drivers. They're high... They're fast-twitch animals, you know. They, they live on the edge and, <clears throat> and adrenaline. And if you take that adrenaline away from them, I guess it's hard It's hard for them to be on the edge. And I think that's the uh, uh, the biggest problem. How do you get it? And I, well, I just think everyone keeps going back to, and I, I guess the coaches keep going back to the symbol of scapegoat goats of Aaron Young and, you know, maybe Angus Montfries or Aidan Johnson. But it's the same senior players the leaders over and over again, Groundhog Day, um, that seem to keep their positions in the side, but you know the same results keep happening. And these are the ones where we need to get that ruthlessness about us and actually hold accountable. I mean, it's not fair for you know the Brendan Archies, the Aiden Johnsons, even the Aaron Young to a lesser degree, um, because the opportunities they get are minimal and there's no confidence shown in them. Yeah. You know, but yeah, so I mean, look, and they might not be up to scratch, but I think you know, if you, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that say Archie, for example, is it up to it, but at the same time, I could see why he's not up to it now because his confidence would be absolutely smashed. You know, yeah. he'd be if he gets picked this way, he's on a hiding to nothing, mm. really. You know, and same for Jimmy Tumpus, and both of them are probably not up to it as players. But they're on a complete hiding to nothing because uh, they, they'll have minimal confidence because the coach is showing no confidence in them. And um, if they come in, they'll, they probably know that the first not bad performance, they'll be out. Um, yeah, so anyway, let's do the, the questions. And hopefully the club toughens the hell up and mm. comes out and actually shows the supporters that it's, it's actually not acceptable and that they're going to be ruthless about it. And what better way, you know? Does the coach need to go, Macca? I don't know. I'm not too sure. Are you fidgeting with something? Because there's a lot of sort of um, strange noises coming across. No, it's just me. I'm just a strange person. Okay, there you go. Maybe it was my speaker microphone rubbing on my jumper or something. Possibly, yeah. Or well, I'm watching some porn in the background. Maybe I'm getting a little bit too excited. Great. That's Sorry. what we want to know. 
Um, yes, well, we have actually had a number of questions in regards to Ken. Would you uh, would you believe that? And uh, wow. whether he's actually done at Port Adelaide, whether we are looking already looking for coaches. What do you think, mate? Is that uh, is this result the straw that uh, that broke the camel's back? I think it has to be. If uh, if I was on the uh, if I was on the board or if I was a power broker at Port Adelaide, uh, I wouldn't have liked what I've seen for the last three years, and I would definitely be saying that some people have to go. And whether Ken's shown enough that with the right support person, he's a good enough coach, meaning that some of his underlings need to go and be surrounded by stronger people or if that's a sign that it's uh, symptomatic that he's not strong enough overall because he's too reliant on a on a 2IC well maybe then he has to go as well yeah i don't know i, I really don't know i i can't see the club like if we I really don't know. I'm not sure what the club's going to do, to be honest. It should be the straw that broke the camel's back, I think. But um, unless if we miss the finals from here, I think he's definitely gone. I think if we get thrashed in the first week of the finals, I think he's probably gone. If we make a semi-final, I think he's definitely coaching next year and quite possibly we'll get a new contract as well. That's my feel of what I think might happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Well, look, I mean, it's ludicrous, and I know it's highly unlikely. But you know, there's still a potential chance we could finish top four. I no. don't know how. No. Well, I mean, if we win all, I can see Geelong not winning another game. Look, statistically, we can still make it, but we're not going to finish top four. We're not going to finish well, top four. Not now. All we have to, like, if we just... the results to finish top four went against us on the weekend. As well as us losing, obviously as well. But um, yeah. Well, I think Geelong's going to Geelong. I reckon Geelong's going to drop all their games. Uh, I mean, even if they do, I, I don't think like we're still two games behind them, aren't we? Six points, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll win it. We'll win at least two. Well, maybe. No, look, that we've shown that we. Bully the the average side, so but I reckon Richmond yeah. will roll well, along next week. I agree. We could still statistically make top four. I like. I would think it's about a one percent chance now. Like maybe if Richmond lost, maybe if um, GWS lost, maybe we we might have made top four then. But not not now. Not with the result that um, that went um, on the weekend. But anyway, Mangus Humphries has asked, "Do we exist to break records?" Clearly we do. Yes. We we exist to live in mediocrity. Mm. Very true. Uh, Needs Gravy has asked, can you spend the hour talking about deep fried foods, please? Um, yes, we mm. we probably could. We could. Could you uh, do an, uh, an Indian theme at your uh, at your fish and chippery? Like some, some onion pakoras? That'd be pretty cool. Some bhajis or something? Yeah, bhajis and... And Pecoras, so I reckon. I reckon that'd be a bit of a hit. Yeah, don't know. Not really. Yeah, not sure. Don't know about that one, mate. Yeah, they're Possibly. pretty good. Mm. I can, oh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I can. Uh... I can give you. I can give you. I made some. Uh, so when I was in Nepal, what they have, they call it momo. So it's sort of like a dumpling. Um, so I actually made some. I decked out this whole layout yesterday and ready for the uh, for the footy. So I made my uh, made some cheese and. Spinach momos, and then I 
I made this nice tomato chutney dipping sauce to go with it in preparation mm. to sit down and watch the game. And then I had a dal and a, and a vegetable curry ready and cooked and made to eat just after or at half time. And, you know, I put in like two hours of effort and then all the came out of it and I couldn't be bothered. But uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I can give you the dumpling recipe. I reckon that'd be a hit. These uh, Nepalese momos at the fish and chip shop, I reckon you need to get a bit of Indian. You need to get a bit of culture into the Australian fish and chippery. There you go. Come in and get a Momo. Yeah. Sounds, weird. Sounds very weird. I'll make you some. That's it. Uh, on the deep fried uh, theme, Power 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 has asked, um, my dad bangs on about deep fried hamburgers. He reckons that only real men eat them and they put hairs on your chest. I've never eaten one as my heart stops beating just thinking about them. Can you confirm these old dad tales for me? Well, I can't say I've ever had one and have definitely not been asked to make one. How, the, how would you keep it together? I don't know. I, I did have a little bit of a squeeze on Google afterwards, and I think it's more you, you don't deep fry the whole thing. You deep fry the like the patties together with stuff inside two patties sort of thing. So that bit's deep fried, and then you put it on the bun. Or would you like tie it together maybe? Tie it together? No. No, you don't. Yeah, a bit of string and tie it, like, tie it up and... No. Nah. Chuck it in there. No. Don't need to do that, mate. But uh, it's interesting. I've never been asked to make one, and uh, it sounds like a heart attack waiting to happen. So um, I'm sure we'll get asked to make one from now. If I come in, could you do me some like deep-fried carrots and parsnips and uh, a bit of broccoli or something, maybe? Um, If we have to. What about about some deep-fried zucchini flowers? I do like zucchini flowers. They are yeah. always a hit. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big fan of them. Let's deep fry Very some expensive. of those. Let's, let's go gourmet with the fish mm. and chippery. That's about $10 a flower right there. So uh, Yes. <laughs> bring them in. Let's do it. Uh, Port WTF, um, very apt name, is uh, if we make finals, what are the chances we will be 119? Oh... Depends who we, how far we go and who we play, I guess. But um, yeah, I think. Uh, oh, it's got to be a dollar ninety favourite for sure. Maybe yeah, not reckon, quite that much, but I reckon. I if we, if we, we, make, if we get to the points. second week, I reckon we would quite possibly lose by ten plus goals very easily. I reckon we'd fall maybe nineteen points short. Mm. Depending on who we play, I mean, if we played. Well, if well, the Crows just did that. Um, quite possibly, GWS would do similar. Probably Geelong as well. Wouldn't that be I'd great playing Geelong in a semi-final and then uh, winning by 119 points again? <laughs> I, I fear what would happen if we played Sydney. Mm. I could yeah, well, I don't think that'll happen at the moment, but you never know. Uh, Papagello has asked, we lack grit. Name three hard bastards that you would like to get in over the off-season, players or coaches. Anybody? Yes. I would, if I could take anybody, it would have to be um, Clarkson, I guess. Yep. Uh, Bastanak. Is it Bastanak? North Melbourne yeah. player? No, no. Oh, he plays or Cun- no, Cunnington. Oh, no, Cunnington. Cunnington. Yeah. Cunnington and Nathan Jones. 
Okay. Yeah, I was about to say Bastinac's more of a wingman, but... Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Cunnington. Cunnington. I'm getting it mixed up. The old Cunnington. Yeah. We need a bit of Cunnington in the side, I think. Um, yeah. Well, I would like to see us bring in Dean Solomon from Gold Coast, but I've heard a rumour he's going somewhere else. Um, I'd like to see us bring Luke mm. Hodge in from Hawthorne as a coach. Mm. Yes. And um, if we're talking sort of hard bastards, not that overly want him but for the the point of this question I would pick up Nick Subin as a free agent mm. would you take uh, would you bring back Sean Burgoy? Uh no yes, because that's exactly what we need is another back flanker on the side that's that'd be wonderful do you think Luke Hodge is going to be one of those guys that's going to be a very good coach I, I mean, think... it's, a, it's a crystal ball question. Yeah, I, you can never really tell. I mean, everyone thought Nathan Buckley would be a wonderful coach, and he's probably not. There's plenty of other like really good footballers who you would think have sort of leadership and coaching quality all over them, which didn't succeed as well. So, uh, so you, you can never really tell, but I, I think he would give it a great shot, especially as a uh, an assistant coach to start with. I mean... He would be perfect. Give him, tell him to come over for a year, and if Ken Inkley still bites it, he gets the job. Mm. Would uh, Would John Cale do any worse than Ken Hinckley at this point in time? <laughs> um, not sure. At least we'd have a forward structure. <laughs> what What is this thing that you talk about? <laughs> we'd have forwards forward? playing up is forward. It... That'd be, that'd be talking... something special. You... You talked about Dixon just going up for marks with one hand. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, Bob McClifford has asked, is there undue importance put on our players to play clean to avoid getting suspended? And has this made our playing group easy to play against because there is no hardness at the contest? Do you know, one thing I did think about today, and I'm not going to say it's an excuse um, for the performance on yesterday. I was going to say on the weekend. Um, We've been really ruled by the umpires over the last month in most games. I'm wondering if part of the issue with our apparent softness is the fact maybe the players are a little bit confused how to go about attacking the opposition player because it seems to be that every time we try, the umpires find a free kick for the opposition. Mm, Nah, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent certain on Bomber's question either. I don't think we're told to sort of play clean. Um, yeah, I don't know because we we've had a like even this year we've still had especially through the first half of the year we had a lot of players sort of come under a bit of scrutiny um, with the tribunal. But um, mm. yeah, not sure. He's also asked the the question: Who is our enforcer? And unfortunately, it's a player who's played about. 17 games of footy. And he's injured. Yeah. And he probably needs a rest because he was very, um, yeah, invisible on the weekend as well. Well, I was, I've was. i been calling for a rest since the West Coast game mm. for him. So, but good on the coaching staff for just running a first-year player into the ground who's clearly injured. I mean, mm. that's, um, that's a great thing. 
But outside of that, we don't really have one, do we? Like, you can't really say we've got any sort of enforcer in the team. Maybe, well, Hartlett can play tough, but um, not really. Hmm. Pommy Power has asked, uh, Maka, when I thought of this game, I thought of a song obsolete by Fear Factory, the way I think of the way that uh, that we play and uh, Hinkley Methods. Uh, my question is, what song comes to mind when you think of this game? Mm. And for me, um, the first thing that came to mind was Everything Ends by Slipknot um, on their album Iowa. Uh, the song... Uh, starts with uh, you are wrong, fucked and overrated. I think I'm going to be sick and it's your fault, which I think is pretty apt right about now. I'm thinking uh, Queen, I want to break free. Okay, fair enough. I want to break free. Yeah, we don't need an example. That's great. Um, That's fine. (laughs) I want to break free. Uh, Triby. Good old Triby has asked, uh, how has it been allowed to devolve to this? Does the fact that Keith goes back 30 years with Ken from their Fitzroy days count against us as negatively as it was once a positive? Good connection, but I don't think so. I mean, at the end of the day, is it KT's job to sack the coach or is it the boards? I would say it's the boards. Correct. And it's also the board's job to monitor the CEO's performance as well. So, yeah, well, I, I guess it, I think it's a very good connection, but I would hope that not because I'd be hoping that the board would be taking action and not relying on KT. Mm. But, however, KT <laughs> could coordinate a mediocre review to sort of help protect his yeah. mate, if that's the case. Craig Jones has said um, Beck loser for his song of choice and Interstater ah. has said Linkin Park numb. As well. What about Dennis Leary, asshole? <laughs> that probably applies somehow. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Beercans has uh, has asked Cull five inept senior players for culture shock. Go. Okay. Westoff. Yep. Oak. Okay. Hartlett. Yep. Hobbs. Okay. Westoff. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know my love for Westoff. I don't know who else is there. Bloody um, uh, Matty White's done, isn't he? So um, I'm yeah. trying to think. Jasper, I'd relegate Jasper again too. Yep, that's fair. I would call Pittard, Trengove, Hartlett, Westoff, and uh, if we're going to go culture shock, I'd put wines up on the trade table. Yep. Well, let's face it. Is there is there anyone that you would not entertain for a trade or delisting at the moment? Um, probably Power Pepper. I would say. I would think um, Tom Cleary would be up there as well. Um, probably about it. Joe Attlee, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to trade Joe Attlee because I think he's got a great future ahead of him. Robbie Gray, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I do have a man crush on Attlee. Uh, Robbie Gray is another. That, that's that's probably about it. I would think. Do you know, like the Melbourne game, I guess one thing that irks me a lot is the fact that we still waited so long 
for Robbie Gray to be moved to the midfield. You know, the game is just ripped away from us and we just we just allow it to be ripped away. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he's our friggin' best midfielder and clearance player and he showed it in the half of football when he played in the friggin' midfield. I mean, these... Uh, what are these guys doing? Are they just being too smart for their own good? It's just... Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. Mm. Sorry, anyway. But yeah, I like your choice too. Jacko, Jacko could, have, could have been one, but if we delisted Jackson, well, then we'd have no friggin' uh, second or third tall forward at all. No. Not with uh, how we want to play footy. Andre's asked about 80 questions. Like, settle down. Good on Andre. Settle down. Come on. Um, so I'm going to ask about five of them. Um, has our work with China and community programs... Let KT get away with overseeing a football department that has gone from a missed uh, grand final by a kick, hubris in 2014, keeping the list together to now a combination of farcical and arrogant. What's the question? I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> I just thought I, I have no problem with the China uh, like, Avenue. I guess what he's th- sort of saying is, has have we taken our eye off the bolt? And should KT be feeling some heat from it? No. China's got nothing to do with our on-field performance. Mm. China is an administrative um, aspect. And, um, you know, on-field is on-field. So we should have no problems whatsoever, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I tend to agree. I I don't think it's... I don't think our on-field situation is KT's fault. At this point in time, I don't think China's got anything to do with it. He's got to run the business. He's got to make sure that we're profitable, that we've got a healthy football club uh, off the field. And the football department really have to make sure that what they're doing on field um, makes sense as well. So it really Mm. comes down to the footy department. Um, The guys that should be feeling heat are the coaches, someone like Chris Davies, um, and the leadership group on the field as well. Yes. Uh, Andre's what also is Chris asked, doing? Hmm. Andre's also asked, with uh, Jacko having dropped off in form as second ruck, would you agree not playing Frampton to give Ryder more rest during games is a significant part of why his form has dropped um, over the last month? Oh, look, I just think Jackson's a confused football player. He's being asked to play a position that's completely foreign to him. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's... I thought he was okay in defence under the avalanche against Jenkins. And it actually, Jenkins highlighted to us the importance of Jacko in the defensive uh, 50 uh, because he is our only real tall forward that we're willing to play, uh, defender that we're willing to play. So, um, look, I think it's no different to Justin Westhoff who floats all over the ground. It's taken him 10 years to sort of perfect that floating role. Um, Did he do so, all right on Jenkins? So, uh, Jenkins kicked four. Uh, yeah, but a few of those weren't on Jacko. Um, I think one or two were on Cleary and Homsch. Jackson did give a holding away, free away to, to Josh. Um, but look, I thought he was serviceable against Josh. Yeah. That's my opinion. Happy to be um, chastised on that one if, uh, if people don't believe that's the case. I thought he was pretty poor. But... Okay. I don't put a lot of 
fault in how our key in how our defensive group played because um, there was that much ball coming in. It was ridiculous, and no matter what they did, we were always going to get thumped. Really, uh, with that sort of midfield performance, you can't put a lot of heat on the defensive group. Uh, I thought Jonas played reasonably well on Walker, even though Walker had eight marks and kicked three goals. I thought he was okay. But Cleary, probably below what he's done in recent weeks. DBJ really struggled. Um, but Can you rest, blame the defenders, the though? Okay. No, as I, I mean, said, it was... you can't blame the defenders on what happened. But when there's When there's no defensive ability from the midfield group and they're just winning clearance after clearance and, you know, 81 inside 50s to 31. Like, you're going to get thumped. Yeah. Andre's also asked, can the host find any justification for keeping one of the bare handful of clean disposers of the bowl on our list in Houston out for the No, no. I mean, he probably was lucky that he was dropped because it would have probably been a a massacre for him too. But no, it's a bit of a disgrace. I mean, he's another one where I think he's just been completely mismanaged. Um, All right, maybe this last game before he got um, uh, dropped um, was average. But, I mean, he's been great for most of the season. He's our best user of the ball, which is an embarrassment to the rest of the side. There's no way that he should have been out of that side. Yeah. And he's... he's, He is... If Sam Power Pepper injured has shown enough to stay in the side, surely Dan Hewson with a couple of form slumps, has shown enough to stay in the side as an automatic selection as well. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, we've had more people ask that you stop moving because the clicking is uh, is annoying them. What clicking? Is it like this? Uh, it's not really that. It's more like a chafing sort of noise. Uh, all right, I'll turn the pawn off then. Yes, that'd be great. I think, um, it's just rub- I think it's just rubbing on my jacket. Okay. Well, how about you I move mean, the mic off your jacket for a start? There you go. <laughs> uh, click boom. Is that has better? Asked, that's much better. Yeah, whatever you're doing, don't move again now. Okay. Awesome. Uh, click boom has asked, we are in a position where we have extra cap for next season. Lots of players out of contract. Is this an opportunity to make some wholesale changes for next year? We have extra cap next year? We've got a lot of room in our salary cap at the moment. Do we really? Yes. I, I didn't know that. How, how do we have extra room in our salary cap? I thought we were busting out of the seams. No, because um, the people that run the football department actually made a smart decision, and that was not putting in players' contracts the, uh, the new agreement, sort of percentage increase. So they've all sort of stayed the same level. So now that the... Uh, Salary cap's gone up. We've got that much extra room. Awesome. It's well, nice. then, we need to make a play. Mm. Is Nathan Loney available? Yes. Bring him back. What about uh, Phil Harrison? Phil, Phil Harrison Smith. was a great footballer. I miss Phil Harrison. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't the best-looking guy in the world, though. No, the uh, he looked like a bookmark and uh, was lightning quick. <laughs> Um, but boy, could he play! It was a shame that um, that he left when he did, um, because he really could have played in all those other premierships. Really, because he was uh, he was well, a great wingman. Did he leave? 
He left at the end of 89. Where did he go? Uh, from memory, it was he just went back to the country or something like that, I think. He didn't uh. go and play for another SNFL club. He just went back. He just um, played elsewhere, I think. Sort of retired from SNFL footy. Uh. Um, but he could have easily played in 90, 92, and maybe 94 as well. It's a shame. Good old Phil. It's a shame. It was good. Bomber Clifford has asked, pineapple fritters and potato scallops, where are they now? In well, we've belly. just spoken about that. In my belly. That's where they are. Yeah. yeah. Is there a conflict for me as a vegetarian having deep-fried pineapple fritters in your oil because you would deep-fry meat products in the same thing? Uh, quite possibly. Oh, so you need to have a vegetarian bat to complement the meat-eating bat? No, not really. No. Yeah, you've got to look after people like me. We're special. Well, the fact that we cook in animal fat as well sort of makes it a bit obvious. Oh, oh my God. You don't use canola oil? <laughs> no, we don't use canola oh. oil. No. Oh, my God. No. We use the Outrageous. good stuff. Lots of flavour, mate. Get into it. Uh, Powerade. What, what has, animal uh, fat are you using? Huh? What animal fat are you using? Oh, we use a, we use a certain product. Oh, is that a secret? Secret yes. recipe? Yeah. Um, Powerade has asked, uh, do we start playing the kids for the remainder of the season and get valuable game time into them? No. I do agree with Ken here. We can't just abandon finals. We have to make finals. It's... Surely, as a supporter, Macca, we have to make finals. Yes. Yeah. All so, right. you can't... We can't... Even though we, <clears throat> we say, get rid of Westhoff, Hartlett, Boat, blah, 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 set an example. Um, yeah, we can't do it. The problem is we can't do that sort of shit now, three games out from finals. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, we can't jeopardise a finals campaign to, to prove a point. I mean, yeah. there's extra money that comes into making a final, especially if we home final mm. and not to mention the experience for the younger players um, by making finals. There you go. If you want to make a stand, when we, if we make an elimination final, drop the experienced players for that and pick the young kids. Mm. How would that go? <laughs> Very interesting. Very interesting. Power Girl has asked um, a number of questions and yes, I am going to read them out. Um, thanks, Power Girl. I do enjoy your questions. Uh, if Ken completely changes his selections, drops some favourites, picks a key position forward and creates a proper game plan in the next three rounds, does he keep his job next year? We've sort of spoken about that already. He needs to he needs to make a semi-final plus to keep his job. I don't think you could... Has a coach ever been sacked making it to a semi-final? Did Grant Thomas? Uh, maybe. I reckon um, oh, the other St Kilda coach, now I can't remember his name, he got sacked after Grant making, Thomas? No, no. But a bit before that. He made the grand final in 97 and got Stan sacked Alves. in 98. Stan Alves, that's him. Yeah. He, yeah. I reckon he made a semi-final in 98 from memory and they, and they sacked him for Tim Watson. That's a that's a winning move, isn't it? Well, I guess if you're going to do that, though, right? I mean, that's like us. 
sacking Ken Hinckley now and making Kane Corns coach. <laughs> but I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna topple him, it has to be for a quality coach. Surely, it just can't be for an untried uh, coach. Um, you know, so it has to be a, a, an upper echelon or high caliber uh, assistant, more so than a uh, yeah a random. Did Tim Tim what? Doesn't even do an apprenticeship as an assistant. Uh, not that I can remember, but I, I could definitely be wrong there. I could definitely. Yeah, but I, I was always I was also sucked in when Watson got sacked and they hired Blight. That Blight would turn him around. <laughs> yeah, that was always a hiding to nothing. I think that one. Um, <laughs> next question, because we've still got a number of questions to go through. Uh, no, Papagallo, no. what's your go-to oh, Subway sandwich? Uh, mate, since I've been veggie, I don't really go to Subway very much, to yeah. be honest. But I used to love the meatball sub with jalapenos okay. and southwest with and southwest dressing. Yep, that's not too bad. I'm a I'm a big fan of the uh, chicken teriyaki with uh, with chipotle dressing. It's quite nice. Mm. It's always good. Um, one great club has asked, is the silver lining that we have now reached rock bottom and the only way is up? Or no, I, I think it could be still, worse. Yeah, we could definitely be worse and there's still three weeks to go, plus finals, yeah. uh, for us to embarrass ourselves um, a little bit more as well. Uh, Power Girl has asked, should I listen to music rather than this podcast after such a soul-destroying loss that has me questioning my footballing choices in life? Um, no, just no, put a. Put you a, definitely put a, want to keep listening to this podcast. Put an overlay of um, music in the background to this podcast to complement it. Mm. That'd be good. Yeah. She's also mm. asked, why are peanut M and M's so addictive? Oh my god! Great question, because they are so addictive. Because peanuts are... and chocolate is just about the best match on earth. Sugared peanuts are pretty bloody good too, though. Very nice. No, pink... I do love the odd nut. I'm a big nut fan. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard nuts. that before, Maka. Yes, yes, I'm sure you have. Yeah. Um, chocolate, coated chocolate nuts are very pe- good. Chocolate peanuts are amazing. I love the mixed packet. Sorry, I used yeah. to love the mixed packet. The chocolate peanuts with the... And they put the chocolate sultana in there as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just for that extra bit of sweetness, just so you, uh, you're not sure what you're getting. You can almost take the peanut out of that and just say, why are M&M so addictive? Because they are. They are. <laughs> Once yes. you open a pack, it, it's gone in about two minutes. It's done. Um, and I like the chocolate ones. I like the crispy ones. Um, I reckon they're all great. Uh, and I've got to say that the new M&M blocks of chocolate are absolutely delicious as well. Especially, mm. especially when they're kept in the fridge as they should be. So what? A, what is this? M and M blocks. I've of never chocolate. heard of this. M and M blocks of chocolate. Wow! Oh my God, I'm glad I've given up sugar. I would be, <laughs> I would be putting on the kilo by the day. <laughs> yes. Which one is? Oh, Dylan's asked a question. Cashew nuts, peanuts, busting a nut. Which one is the best? Cashews. I've never had the. I've never had the last one. No, I'm not sure about that one. Cashews. No. For sure. Cashews, yeah. ca- absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. The salted roasted cashew, great. Yeah. 
yeah. Especially hot, hot cashews. Oh, incredible. Yeah. That's, that's what Whoever came up with that great. idea should be Prime Minister, really. Yes. It probably was back in the day. They should be a MasterChef judge. Should be, yeah. Uh, capital Power, do we need a first round pick this year? And if so, how do we get one? I don't Ryan think Pillar, first... Sorry, Ryan Pillar has just said M M&M and M blocks are terrible. No, they're not. They are delicious. Sorry, the, like, <laughs> Ryan, pull your head in. Come on. Don't Come listen. On. Don't listen to Macca, Ryan. You're Go you're on. entitled to your you're entitled to your, your no. Opinion. He's not. He no, will no matter how his opinion will be. What I tell him, it will be an M M&M and M. No, how ridiculous <laughs> and stupid your your opinion is. You're more than welcome to share it with us. Ah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, do we need a first-round pick this year? And how do we get no, one? No, they aren't going to help us. You know, the, and this is the one thing that really no one is addressing that much is um, our player development is really, really poor. And uh, Ken Hinckley's had five years now to build his roster and have a deep playing list to take him through to success. And the fact that we've only got really... We don't even have 22 players that he can rely on plus another 10 to fall back onto is an indictment on Ken, the development team, and the list manager as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. I'm happy for you to challenge me on that, Macca. No, I don't think we need a first-round pick this year because I I don't particularly rate this year's draft all that highly. I'm happy to keep um, the picks that we've got. how do we get one? Well, we may still get one if Pittard leaves or if Trengove leaves. So, you know, we, we may still actually end up with one. Mm. Yep. Okay. Next. Okay. Next one. Um, Papagello, what was your first car and did you get laid in it? A 1973 Premier. Holden Kingswood station wagon. Okay. And maybe. <laughs> Mine was a Holden Nova, and no one gets laid in a Holden Nova. I don't even know what one of those are. Yeah, it's like a Corolla. It, it's actually right. exactly the same as a Toyota Corolla, just rebadged. I've got a I've got an awesome beer story about this topic, but I don't think it's one that should be for the airways. Because okay. it might be a, it might be a little bit crass. Well, well, we'll leave that out. This is a family show. Um, power, power, power has asked: Is buying a new car the most painful thing to do in this retail landscape? Uh, I think it's just the frame of mind that you're in. If you really want to, if you're in the mood to buy a car and you want to buy a car, it can be exciting, um, but it can also be. A pain in the ass too. I always remember, I um, I had a with my my ex-wife. I had a a fight in the car yard because I was I was trying to encourage her to upgrade from just a standard VE or VF Commodore to like a Calais or something, and she was wanting to argue with me because what a waste of money getting a Calais or getting the V8. But mm. uh, who would argue over getting an upgrade in the car? Yeah. What car do you drive at the moment, Rickster? Mate, do we really need to talk about that? As a 
as a, a, a divorced guy, remarried with no assets, uh, a Hyundai i20. You're driving a Holden Nova. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not. It's not about the car you drive, Macca. No, it's It's just about the. It's about the quality of life that you lead and have fun with. That is exactly right. Spot on. Uh, Andres asks, "Who do you want to end up on the Iron Throne?" Hmm. Oh, if I need to go to the toilet, I prefer it to be me. I guess. Mm. Okay. That's a good quit. That's a good answer. Uh, Daenerys, for sure, has to be, has to be. Um, KPF or Ruck? Which position would Ken play Tyrion? Yeah, I'm hoping that we stay a uh, under the uh, monarchy. I I don't believe I'm a bit of a nostalgic. I don't think we need to go for a republic just yet. Okay. Well, look, he kind of looks like a, a lot like Brett Ebert, you know, short, big head. So for me, he would definitely make a key position forward. Awesome. Mm. Andre's asked, would Fishing Rick become a carnivore from now to the end of September if it meant we wouldn't lose another game during that time? Yes. Yes. You would have to. You would have to. Yes. For sure. Uh, Papagello has asked uh, if you were writing a script for a low budget disaster comedy slash piss take movie in the vein of Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus which two creatures would you have facing off? Hmm Do they have to be real creatures? Could you pick Jabba Jaws? You can pick whatever you want mate uh, I'd go Jabba Jaws versus the Loch Ness Monster Okay All right I would pick Krill versus Plankton. It would be mm. the hit of the summer. That sounds exciting. It would make millions. Millions. Mm. Mm. Portology has mm. asked, why do all our likely elimination final opponents start with the letter D? And of these, would you prefer to play the dogs, the demons, or the dons? Well, we haven't played the dogs yet, so let's see how we go. Mm. I would prefer to play the Dons, I would have to say. Um, Because I feel like we would have a little bit of redemption there and we would beat them on our home turf. Mm. Mm. Pass. Pass. Mr. Chow, this is a great question. Would you prefer the Magpies to win the SANFL flag and the Crows to win the AFL flag or no flags for either? No flags. No flags. I would... Oh, I'm leaning towards the SNFL flag and the Crows flag. I'm actually, I've become kind of zen and okay with the Crows winning a flag this year. I've sort of, you know, I've built myself up and it doesn't bother me if the Crows win a flag now. I don't know why. It just doesn't. Well, they're just another AFL club, really. Yeah. Like 10 years ago, even 2012, if they had have made the grand final then, I would have been an emotional wreck. Uh, but now it's like, well, I've kind of, over the last sort of few years, I've kind of gathered that with the list that they've got, the forward line that they've got, um, they're bound to make a grand final with it because it's just too good. Um, well, so I've kind, of, I've kind of sort of become okay with it. And it's more about instead of thriving in the demise of someone else, rather focus just on 
your own success. And so if we're not good enough, I really don't give a shit who wins. And, uh, you know, I've got plenty of friends that are Crow supporters, so if it makes them happy, I guess good luck to it. So uh, I'm just disappointed that our team is too inept to actually uh, be as good as what they are or Sydney or GWS or Geelong are at the moment. Mm. Well, I think uh, Sydney is probably the only team that really stands in the way of uh, making sure this doesn't happen um, at the moment. Um, Schles has asked, uh, will Macca ever write a review in the autopsy thread again? Yes, I will, but um, may not be this year. Might have to wait until next year. Mm. CT Power has asked, do the reputations of Brad Ebert and Ollie Wines actually match their output? Well, not at the moment. Mm. Even though I did like um, Ebert's tackle goal on the weekend after... Who was it that pointed out is he the most effective of saving his kick to the last minute with a tackle and getting rid of it effectively because he did it again yeah. with his goal? Yeah, he is very good at that. Yeah. Yes. I would actually say yes to Ebert because I don't think he's got a huge reputation to begin with, AFL-wide. I don't, I don't think he's got that massive reputation, whereas Wines does. So I would say no, Wines certainly, do, like his output certainly does not match um, his reputation. Um you know, from the 19-year-old who was, you know, best on ground in a famous come-from-behind away finals win against Frio to where he's now, whilst he's had a good year, um, you know, he seems to be one of the main players whose output um, doesn't match the standard when we lose. Mm. Uh, last question for this evening. And then we'll, we'll, we'll finish up. Uh, Chicken Tendies, after we continue to win every single game, including the Premiership this season, what piece of Port Adelaide 2017 Premiership memorabilia will you purchase first? Hang on. What's going on here? <laughs> You've got to finish some... on a positive note, mate. We want people to come no, back no, and no, listen no, to no. this again. Come on. We spent half the night talking about Soto's fish and chips and deep fried products, and there was a couple of good financial <laughs> questions there. And a great question about New Vision, and you've just brushed oh, yeah, them under course, the carpet. Of course, I did actually you have just, that. I did have that. You, Where was that? You just you just brush those. It, it's just become the Soto hour now, isn't it? The financial question you answered on Big Footy. If you answer the question on Big Footy, you don't ask the question. Well, some people might not have seen the answer. Well, they can check. But it I out. like the I like the other question. Better, but um, I don't know. What would I? I would like Ken Hinckley's coaching polo shirt to, so I can put it up That's on the wall. Pretty interesting, and and remind me every day that I'd lost faith and didn't believe in him anymore. Hmm. There you go. Oh, that that is actually a pretty good. Uh, That's a different one. That is a different one. Uh, I'd be, I'd be gunning for uh, one of those Guernseys. I don't know. Maybe I could sneak into the uh, the rooms after the game and steal one like someone else did. I don't know. Yeah, I'd uh, just run into I, the I would, room. I would and... pay a lot of money for a premiership Guernsey for sure. Yeah, I would just strip. Uh, I'd just be stripping sure Ken. Well, everyone's trying to molest the players. Yeah, not sure the wife would be happy with that. But uh, yes, that would be it. And yes, let's mm-hmm. talk about the beginnings of New Vision and where you sure. see the growth opportunities, mate. It's an interesting time. So um, in the financial sphere altogether, I reckon. And um, so New Vision started in 2004 
Uh, so I could sort of see the, the writing on the wall at TAFE at the time. I was a, a TAFE lecturer. I taught accounting and finance after after working at some accounting firms and I, I wanted to change it up. And um, and so, but I could see that TAFE was already back then was starting to really cut down on their funding. So, um, and before the, the rules changed to be a, a, an accredited tax agent and I, in my time passed, I, I applied for a tax license and uh, and then I did tax returns on the road, Macca. And, uh, and that was very short lived because I, I was doing the northern suburbs predominantly. I put an ad in the messenger and I did the number crunch and went, okay, well, if I did a tax return for 60 bucks and I did this many tax returns, that would be all right. Mm. And so anyway, I booked in and I pulled up out the front of this house in Salisbury and uh, I could hear from the house an argument inside the house and, uh, and it was pretty loud, obviously. And so I was like, hmm, do I actually go in? Or do I just drive off? I'm here and to do your test. <laughs> and so the saddest in me decided to go in anyway. And so um, I knocked on the door and all I could hear was this rage going on from inside the house. And I was still what the questioning hell do you want? <laughs> and then funny enough, I tapped, knocked on the door again. And then I heard this. I effing heard you the effing first time. I'll effing get there when I want to. And I was like, okay. So then I walked into this domestic or people that I've never met before in my life arguing for about five minutes and I felt very uncomfortable and uh, yeah so anyway after that moment I decided that I'm no longer going to do tax returns on the road and uh, and so I found uh, an office space and did it I got a very good deal back in 05 February 05 and I did the number crunch again and they gave me six months rent free and worked out that I could uh, all I needed to do was I uh, average three tax returns so I needed to do 150 tax returns in a year and I'd break even on the rent so uh, it started from there and then I uh, yeah then I so I did the tax and then I added in the financial planning and then I added in the mortgage broking uh, my mum died and so I took those out and then I added them back in once I was ready to go again and uh, and then added in the property services because I just kept getting demand Fair enough. And um, yeah, the the actual interesting thing was when I was doing the plan, and this is a good story for anyone that's interested in business or expanding their business. Um, I was very pig-headed at the time, where I didn't do anything property-related, uh, and all I and I helped people with financial planning. I was really good at it, and I was really good at structuring portfolios and uh, helping people grow money through the, that structure. But no, everyone would come to me and they'd go, "No, nah, I don't like it." I want to do property. And I was like, well, no, I don't help people with property. I do this. And so then I pushed all these clients away. And, and then it was only later I was like, well, maybe I should help people with property. And then once I did that, my business just went bananas. Um, you know, and so the moral of the story is there to learn to listen to what your market wants and give them what they want instead of just trying to give them what you think they want. And, um, and where I think the market's going, I think it's a, it's a crazy time uh, for finance. As professionals, I think automation and technology is just going so fast um, that it is crazy. So we saw that TikTok came out with the, their 22-minute home loan uh, product not long ago. Um, you know, so well, I think that's a it's a really great idea. It's it's only good for a small amount of people. It's a very niche product. Um, but the worry, I think, especially for mortgage brokers, is that um, as 
as the technology gets more refined and they're going to release more and more of those product offerings for more more uh, varied loan products and it's going to go from there but so yeah so new visions working on some really exciting stuff with the um, some specific business orientated real-time data analytics and accounting packages to try and help automate and and create a difference to to business with some coaching also looking at adding in uh, a digital marketing element to it we're also working on a uh, a referral partner scheme uh, to help uh, finance professionals get into the property market and sort of be a property aggregator and uh, we're also creating a te- technology platform uh, for builders as well so um, so we instead of having to spend outlay 30 40 to 100,000 on on technology to provide their products to the people that use their services uh, we'll be able to, they'll be able to lease our product for say 500 bucks a month and really save money and overhead so yeah that's where we're going and uh, all Good my stuff. all I can say is just in, anyone in business embrace technology don't know how yes. technology applies to the fish and chifferies but uh, give it a go and I'm making potato cakes. So that's my story. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how was the chat room tonight? Oh, very busy. Very busy. Lots of new names as well. So that's uh, that's great for uh, some other people to listen to us talk about uh, not much, really, over the last hour. So that's great. Yeah. Thanks for joining in. Well, thank you for joining in. Yes. And Thanks I saw that for everybody means... to ask all those questions so we didn't have to analyse that game in too much detail. Well, there was nothing to analyse. And, and I saw the report on Bigfooty that Eid's going to be out and Gold Coast are interested in Hinkley. Oh, there you go. <clears throat> there we go. That's something to talk about over the mm. coming weeks. Mm. And I think it's time to say goodbye. So thank See you, everyone, Maka. for tuning in. And Khan the Pair. Thank you. And hopefully we've got better things to talk about next week. Hope so. Ciao. Pucha! Dream off. Step up on the plate, don't it? <laughs> Every kid in the backyard with the big trees lined up with the footy before mum calls you in for dinner. The shot for goal after the siren to win it. Jared Poulton, your time has come. Drop part. Your time has come. What a win!